Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I am your host, Noelle Olin, a.k.a. the Cajun Libertarian. And tonight we have on a very special guest, Nicole Schultz from Pennsylvania, running for lieutenant governor. We're going to talk about all things going on right now. It fires her up, me up, and have a bunch of fun. So stay tuned. Get in the comments because we are live. Next on the Cajun Libertarian Show. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Show. I am your host, Noel Lynn, the Cajun Libertarian. Real quick, let's have a word from our first sponsor of the night, dsydodisto.com. It is a libertarian-owned shirt company with designs intended to start a conversation. Use code CAJUN15 for 15% off your order at dsydo.com. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. It says print guns, not money. I've got another one says dangerous liberty over peaceful slavery. Absolutely fantastic company. Again, that's dsydo.com. Use Cajun, oh, I'm sorry, use code Cajun15, C A G J U N 15 for 15% off of your order at dsydo.com. Now, without further review, let's get on Nicole. Without further wait, without further review, wait, either one. Something. <laughs> Something like that. How are you, Nicole? I am good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How is the uh, the weather up there in PA right now? It is hot. It was a hot weekend. Yeah. Um, I had my business at Corvettes at Carlisle over the weekend, so it was an outdoor show. Beautiful scenery because Corvettes all over the place. Um, and I was actually by <laughs> the row that was the Carlisle blue Corvettes. So it's a color that Corvettes made just for Carlisle. And they brought it out on a bunch of Corvettes. So it's a beautiful color. So I got to look at the Corvettes in that color all weekend. But it was hot. It was. <laughs> I know the last time we spoke, you were out in the heat one time and you were like really sick. And I'm like, there yeah. were those last few nights that I came home. I'm like, just I just want to soak in a cold shower. Just it was hot. So it's still hot up yeah. here. Um, we probably have another week of intense heat and then it should start cooling down. Oh, wow. Nice. No, we still have another solid month or two of, uh, without further ado. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I don't know what I was thinking. I never messed that up, but I did. We still have another solid month or two of extremely hot weather. So you, yeah, uh, it doesn't start cooling down for you till what October. Yeah. End of October, somewhere around Halloween, it starts to get real nice, you know, it depends. Maybe a couple of weeks before Halloween, but usually that's around the time where things start to get real nice. Yeah, around the the second week in October is when we start seeing freezing temps. Um, but we will still have some seventy degree days all the way up through. I, there are some years where we had seventy degree days in December. So, wow, yeah, January yeah. and February are just miserable. I'll t I'll take uh, I'll take seventy degrees. That'd be nice. Okay, well, come, come on up. 
<laughs> right? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, next time I will not miss my flight. Yeah, let's not uh, do that that'd next be time. Great. Yeah, let's not do that. That was not my fault, but I still take blame. I had like four alarms set, none of which went off. So we will not make that mistake again. So one mistake that uh, a very horrible mistake that the unelected governor of New York has made in the very recent, what, 48 to 72 hours is she basically essentially told every Republican in her state to go away, to literally okay. get on a bus and move down to Florida. The comment that I saw, and, you know, there are so many different comments going around. The comment that I saw was Trump and two other people could go to Florida because they're not wanted in New York. Right. And then the Republicans came out and said that it's it's the same as Cuomo saying that all Republicans should leave. So then they just threw that quote to her on her, too, saying that all Republicans can just leave. But... I don't, I don't know about the Cuomo you can, quote. But you, you can, can think stuff, but don't say it out loud. Yeah. Well, and that's the weird part, right? It's like, it's not it's not really weird. It's not shocking that uh, Kathy Hochul is thinking that. That's not some revelatory, groundbreaking idea. But the audacity to say it out loud. And yes, right. she is. Even and she's already tried to walk it back saying, no, I'm only talking about those three people. Nonsense. When you say something like that, as the governor of one of the biggest states in the world, you are related. It's automatic relation to anyone that shares that ideology. And that is horribly disgusting. She knew what she was doing when she said it. And again, it's not a shocker that she's thinking it. We all figured that she's thinking something like that, but the audacity to say it out loud. Yeah. Right. And and the reason I'm getting that is because why or how on earth have we reached this political extreme that somebody could tell such a large swath of their citizenry that they need to get on a bus and leave and feel comfortable about it? What is happening? I, you know, I, I just, I think everybody went crazy over the last few years. I don't know if there's yeah. something in the water. Uh, if there's not, maybe we should put medication out there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But people have gone crazy. And, and everybody's drawing that political line in the sand. And everybody's one extreme or another. And it doesn't have to be. It's like, we can find a happy medium. We can all live together. We've done it this long. Yeah. You know, it. we just have to find that happy medium. And nobody's willing. Now, and, and I think that's part of the problem. You've got two sides of the extreme coin. Yes. The far left and the far right that absolutely do not want to have any conversation whatsoever. And then you've got the vast majority of America that's saying, hey, we can't do this. We have to be able to talk. Right. And that's not being allowed inside the public field. No. And I think what they're doing, too, is like every state has more and more independent voters. They're not registered Mm -hmm. with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. And when you make statements like that, you disenfranchise those independent voters who you might have had vote for you. But now you're saying something like that. And now they're like, well, no, that's not how I feel. So now I don't want to vote for you. Now they're going to go to the other extreme. And that's not any better. No, not at all. The extreme in, in this context, I'm not talking about like political ideological or ideological extremism, right? I consider myself to be ideological extreme. 
in the sense that I want extreme individual liberty for people, right? And I want extreme non-interference by the government. But that's okay. not the extremism that they're toting out there. But they are labeling us all with that. If you're anything, and I tweeted about it earlier, I quote tweeted her saying this exact thing, this exact thing, that if you're at all for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, individual liberty, rejecting state control, then you will be lumped in to all of these far-right extremists that may be potentially violent, especially after what we just seen happen this last month. I've said it frequently. I'll say it again here now. Between the Alex Jones verdict and the Trump raid, this government wants either silence or violence, and we can afford to give them neither. I think being silent about anything is just wrong. I, we can't correct the wrongs that our government is doing unless we voice, use our voice. Um, by not using our voice, that's that's not a choice. Um, they, and what people forget is we elect them to re represent us. That's their job to represent us, and I think they've lost sight of that. I think that they feel that they are in control, that we need to do mm -hmm. what they say, and that that's how this is just going to be. No, that's that's not the role that we that we voted you into. The role okay. we voted you into was, yes, to make decisions that benefit everyone, but not just that extreme group. And that's what they're doing right now. They're, they're picking select groups and saying, I'm going to do what you want me to do. Yeah. Screw everybody else because you're the major you're the majority vote here you're the one that i can get vote for me so i'm gonna do this for you and yep. it's wrong it, it is very wrong because I, as you alluded to earlier that is not representing the constituents that voted you in because most of those people are not far left or far right extremists they're going to be independent moderate democrats moderate republicans that just want to get back to normal, that have a few strong points of views on certain subjects, but overall they just want to be able to have, uh, you know, a not skyrocketed gasoline ticket to fill their tank up. They right. want to have an, food on the grocery store. Well, and that's the thing that people, that a lot of people understand, but when you're in um, an elected position, your job is to make sure that, one, you represent us, but two, that you don't start stuff that's going to have a mass effect on everybody. And that's they've great. done it. Like, if you look back to the last time a Democrat was in office, our gas prices were sky high. I remember going to work and it's like, I don't know that I have enough money to fill my gas tank. And it's worse now because it's higher. You know, when I, when we went to, um, get diesel for our tractor and i think we got 10 gallons and it's the tractor that we just use to mow and um i know that a lot of the your viewers know that we own a farm um yeah. and those that don't you do now but right. we spent 60 dollars just to get gas for our tractor and my husband made a comment that he now literally has spent more money to fill his tractor than he did his first pickup truck. That's crazy. That's crazy. I and and what people don't understand is farm equipment runs on diesel. 
those yep. diesel prices i mean i i don't i have a small size moderate size tractor it's not huge but i can't imagine the farm equipment out there and what they're filling their tanks i have a friend who's um a truck driver and he's putting thousands of dollars a week in his tank just to drive product from one place to another i i don't know how they how long they think that's going to happen or that's going to help anybody or what's going to happen i mean if you're trying to divide the upper class from the lower class and completely get rid of the middle class that's how you do it because nobody can afford to go to work because you can't afford the gas you're paying your rent and your gas you're not paying any utilities you're not paying for food or anything else and then when you do go to the grocery store the prices have doubled and tripled and you can't afford that either so now you're making decisions on what do i do now you know so you either have a roof over your head or you eat or you pay for gas to go to work so you can pay for gas to go to work that's yeah. how you get rid of the middle class and that's what it looks like the democrats are doing we're going to just get rid of the middle class yeah and, and not to go down the rabbit hole but you really just said it uh, or the conspiracy rabbit hole uh, that is the goal. That is the intention. So I dismiss every person, not completely. I just dismiss this point of logic. This is not, and I and, and I stress this. So y'all listen loud and clear. I completely dismiss incompetence. This is not incompetence. No. This is intentionality because you need a separation of the classes, just like Nicole just said. And the way you do that is exactly what we're seeing play out. And this isn't really, quote unquote, Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden is just a buoy on the waves of whatever the center of the Democrat Party is by the hour. So if this is where the, yeah, he's just a puppet. If the DNC is saying, this is where we're going to be at, then he's there right in the middle of it, touting it. He is an absolute clown, always has been. So, yes, there is some blame there with Joe. But let's be real about what exactly Nicole just said, and that this is an intention, an intentional destruction of the middle class to create dependency on the government. But not only that, we also have people, and it's both Republicans and Democrats. They come out and they say, we're for this issue. We want to fix this. We want to do this. You know, this is what we have to do. And they never do it. And why don't oh. they ever do it? because they need you to keep voting for them they need to have those issues at the forefront so they can say during election time you know we're pro-life pro-choice whatever you know <laughs> we're for this we're for that we're gonna fix this we're gonna do that pick your poison it's there they all say it they all tell the same thing over and over again it's every election you hear the same thing every election and they don't fix it because they don't want to fix it because right. they need you to vote for them. And they, you, you need to have a reason to vote for them. So we're just going to play this game over and over and over again with no end in sight and no resolution to any of the problems because they want to stay in power. 100% facts. And I was actually going to, you, you're, you're like getting to several points 
And I'm like, oh, I want to make this point. And then, boom, you're right there making it. So <laughs> fantastic. Great on you. Roe v. Wade is the best example of that from the Democrats. They had 50 years to codify it in the law, controlling the House, Senate, and presidency multiple times. They did not want to ever do it. It gives them election talking points. Yeah. Uh, let's let's minimize the size and scope and scale of the government. Is What you hear from, and be fiscally responsible from every Republican for the last 100 years. They do not do it because that gives them clout to run on during election season. And it, at this point, if you're falling for this, I really feel horribly bad for you. But even worse, like this is your fault. You're intentionally dismissing obvious propaganda. You're intentionally ostracizing yourself from reality in all truths of the political spectrum and realm, because it's unbelievably ridiculous to sit here and think that after the last how many years, just those two topics I talked about and you talked about haven't been, uh, uh, you know, they haven't been fixed. I mean, like, seriously, how hard is it? We've been talking about this for years and years and years and years. And you always hear separation of church and state. Where's the separation of church and state on Roe v. Wade? It's not. There's not. There's not separation of church and state on a lot of our policies. Well, that's it's, not constitutional, though. I know. Separation separate. That's the thing that a lot of people, I, I have these conversations all the time with just random people that I, I am too close to my wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> with random people like in the gas station or in their apartments or whatever, they really think that separation of church and states in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution or any legislation at all. It's not. It, separation of church and state was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to a Baptist preacher who was concerned about the state being able to control the church. And he said, no, we've created this system to where there is a separation of church and state so that there is no you know, uh, state claimed legislatively religion. So that you can free, you're you're free to worship all and everyone. So I, 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 I just like to. But highlight. are you seriously? Are you free to worship whoever you want? Because if you don't but, worship the correct church, or not worship, but you know, go to the correct yeah. church and worship the correct deity that they deem necessary, are you really going to get into politics? Are are they going to get you voted in? Because let's face it, if they don't like something you're doing, or they don't like uh, your religion. They're not going to put you on the presidential ticket. No, it definitely, it certainly seems like there's two religions in this country. I guess I'll throw in three. There are three religions in this country. Um, Christianity, which I use in quotes, is one of the leading one because the country was kind of founded on Judeo-Christian values. Muslim or atheist. And so if you're not one of those three, you're kind of tossed to the side. So you do have, a, com- you have a point conceptually. In, in politics, you're still not allowed to be atheist. You I know, they, they, huh? I see them all the time. I see them too, but they're not public about being atheist. Now, Trump, That's I'm good. assuming, was atheist, but he had to tout the religious line for a while there. And then he was just like, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah I don't believe Trump was an actual Christian no. at all. None of us believe that. He doesn't follow any of the values of, the, of being a, which I am. I am a disciple of Jesus, a Christian. <laughs> I pointed that out to a lot of people. They got really mad at me because all of them are Republicans. And I'm trying to tell you, you better wake up real fast. This guy is, I'm, I, I'm in no position to say anybody isn't, you know, in a devout practice of their religion, right? 
which is something I actually reject because in Christianity, it's a relationship with Jesus. Putting that aside, I'm not seeing any of that fruit. And that's very laid out in the New Testament is seeing the fruit. There are no fruits of that from Donald J. Trump. So take that with it, which I'm not saying the guy isn't because I can't. I'm not. I can't do that. But well, he might be. He just might not be practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But a a relationship with your, especially in Christianity, a relationship with with Jesus, with God, that fruit is going to show. And then you go and look at all the behind the scenes stuff that happened. I mean, my goodness, just look at the transcript from his conversation with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders on the way back from North Korea. You remember that? Do you remember what he told her? Looks like you're just going to have to take one for the team because he really likes you. And it's like, my God, dude, do you have any principles or morals whatsoever? And I think anybody that's dissecting him with any real. So when people voted for him, though, they knew he was like that. I mean, because how many women came out and said he did this or he said that or, you know, everybody knew. Nobody it didn't apparently it didn't seem to bother anybody that we were voting somebody like that into office. So I don't know. And that's fine. I'm not against that. You know what well, I mean? No. Like you can vote for you can have a president like that, but don't blindly back him as some you know biblical Christian when he when clearly, clearly doesn't show <laughs> any evidence of being that whatsoever. Yeah, I know. He's you know. he's he's clearly not. No. <laughs> That is not what I'm sorry. I got to put this on here. That is not what I said, Chris. You stop it. He <laughs> likes to troll while we're live. So anyway, we, we, uh, we rabbit trailed there quite a bit, but the audacity that there's, we have a real problem in politics in America right now. When you have a governor of the, of the state of New York, that's willing to come out and say, basically anybody related to Trump or the governor gubernatorial candidate, telling you can kick rocks and and move to Florida that we have a real toxic problem in American politics when it's coming to that. And uh, what I see happening um, is a real dual economy. First and foremost, we're seeing that happen. The daily wire has created a a monster of an organization that is a dual economy with all of the rest of basically Hollywood and American politics they're getting millions and millions of dollars every month. That I know that sounds good for a lot of Republicans on, the, on its face, but I promise you that a dual economy is not going to breed a lot of success for the country as a whole overall. They, we have got to get to a place where we're talking again, we're having these conversations, and we're unified, and we're not so extreme. The problem is we're too unified right now, and we were like this before 9-11, and the only thing that brought us together was 9-11. It's That's like, right. don't come on our soil and don't mess with us, because when we all agree on one thing, God better have your soul, because we're coming after you. That's not the way, though, to solve the problems that we have, um, and it's going to take a lot of work to solve it, but I think part of what we need to do is get these toxic people out of our government because they're not helping they're actually using it to divide the united states even more 100 percent, and i think that the issue is not only are they successful in it the reason they're successful is the people keep following for all of this massive propaganda from yes. the media from these state actors left and right 
And now, now we're seeing firsthand, I'll be honest, I, I'm very glad and happy to see the Republicans talking about abolishing the FBI. But forgive my cynicism that I don't take you seriously. Yeah, you're just mad that, that your guy got raided. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not going to get rid of the FBI. I like that's a nice talking point and it might win you a few votes. And you know what? They might be able to win some of the independent or some of the libertarian votes with that rhetoric because mm-hmm. everybody wants to abolish the FBI. But let's face it, they're going to use it to get votes, but they're never going to do it. They they like to lie to you to get your vote. They're, it's just not going to happen. No, I, I would love it to happen. That would be great. Abolish the I, I think there's a few people, like I listen to Glenn Beck every day. That, I think he has the greatest journalistic team on the planet. He's calling for the abolishment of the IRS, the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Education. But, but yeah. how many politicians are actually going to take that seriously? Not many. No. None. Well, and with the IRS, I mean, they're they're hiring, what, 80, 84,000 new employees? 87,000. 87,000? And they said that they're just going to go after the business owners that, you know, they're they're rich business owners. You know know who they're going to go after? They're going to go after everybody who got an EILD loan, the economic disaster loan. They're going to come after everybody who got a PP loan. Some of them they should go after who got a PPP loan. You know, they're going to go after the ones who, and also to the ones who showed such um, a, a, a loss during COVID. Yep. I mean, who didn't show a loss during COVID? But right. they have, they, they spent all that money. They have to recoup that money somehow. And they're doing it through that. And they're also doing it through the student loan thing. Because let's face it. You get rid of ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars in debt. You write that off. You're going to get a letter from the government come January saying you have mm-hmm. to add this as income to your taxes because it is income. And then all of those people are going to pay anywhere between three and five thousand back to the IRS because that loan was discharged. And you know why they're doing it? They're doing it because, great, it's a talking point. We'll get more votes. But they're also doing it because the IRS didn't get a whole hell of a lot of money the last few years. How are they going to get money now? Let's forgive student loans so that these people who can't afford their student loans now will have to pay three to $5,000 to the IRS come March, April, because you owe on that income. Yep. And they uh, they do have a criminal investigative division that are all strapped will be trained armed so i would suggest that you yourself get trained and armed and speaking of that gap armory gap <laughs> armory carries a wide variety of parts and accessories whether you're looking for build kits for 3d printed firearms optics outstanding level four body armor or anything in between they have you covered gap armory is libertarian owned and operated they also upset also accept bitcoin Gap Armory has the gear you need to bridge the gap in your defense preparedness. Get what you need today at GapArmory.com. That's GapArmory.com, G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com, G-A-P-A-R-M-O-R-Y.com, GapArmory.com. Go check them out today. You're going to need it because the IRS is going to come knocking at your door. Sorry, Nicole. I thought that was a, good, a really good segue. In that the, is uh, a really good sponsor. segue. <laughs> but I think, I think a lot of people were up in arms because they're like, oh, the IRS is creating this you know, gun-toting 
entourage division for yeah. lack of a better word to go into these businesses and in reality i'm not sure of the year it started but they started that way back when when like they 1970. started going, well i think they even yeah i think you're right 1927 something like that but it was like at the day it was like when they started using tax evasion and stuff to go after yep. the mafia and that's, that's right. when they created the armed part of the irs because those agents were going into you know gunfights with the mafia because yep. they are arresting mafia leadership so it's always been around it was just that when they put out and i see this a lot because um i'm i look at the usa jobs site which is the site for oh, yeah. federal employees um and federal work you'll see stuff come out and it's stuff that's been out forever and then all of a sudden oh look you know this look at this new job they posted yeah do you know how many times they post new jobs i mean if you literally go onto that site you will see the same jobs over and over and over again. And most of the time it's just because they're collecting resumes or whatever. Sometimes they're filling positions, but those jobs are, they've always been there. It's nothing new. No, not at all. It, it's definitely not new. It, but, but that being said, that doesn't mean there's a disadvantage to a lot of people waking up and seeing, Oh my God, the IRS has an entire criminal investigative division that's trained and armed like SWAT officers. Yes, that has been around for a long time. Facts. Also yeah. fact, it's a great thing that a lot of people just realized that and didn't right. know it before. Right. But but it, it's it's funny because I, you know, obviously running for for um a government position, people are like, "Did you know about this? They just started this." And and then you try to explain to them, "No, it's it's been around for a while. It's always been there." Um I'm glad you're aware of it now because now we can have that discussion, <laughs> but it's been there. You know, yep. we should have had this discussion 15, 20 years ago. Yep. Or 50, 75, but there's a whole con another conversation to be had with that. I don't so think I do... either one of us are that old to have that conversation 50 <laughs> years ago. No, right, right. No, no, I, uh, definitely neither one of us for sure. So I think we're pretty much right around the same age. Mid to late thirties, early to mid to late thirties, somewhere around there. <laughs> I so, appreciate that compliment, yeah. but yeah, no, I was born in the seventies. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're a little bit older than me. I was born in eighty three, so I'll be forty next year. Big four zero. So, well, yeah. Congratulations. You absolutely, <laughs> definitely. I'm genuinely authentic. You definitely do not look. I thought you were younger than me. That's why I backed it up. I was like mid to late thirties. No, I shouldn't say that. She looks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That means yeah. that I have I have good genes. My mom shared her good genes, so I will Great. look. Apparently, I'm going to look a lot younger than I am. <laughs> That's excellent. So I wanted to ask you about this, and we're running into uh, about the a couple of more minutes left, maybe 10, 15 minutes left. Um, I want everyone to to talk about, or everyone. I want you to talk to everyone about um, your position, what you're running for what it is that you need from us and where people can find you and help support you. Okay. So I am running for Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Um, our website is Nicole Schultz.com. Um, 
I would love to have your vote in November if you um, check out my page and you agree with my with my positions. Um, we are big for agriculture because without agriculture and in any state, especially in Pennsylvania, we're not going to have the food to feed the um, citizens of Pennsylvania. We do have a huge community of farmers, um, all different kinds of farmers. We're number four in dairy. Um, we're number two in winemaking now or three in winemaking um so we have a lot of different agriculture areas um we want to look at because the lieutenant governor is part does the pardons in pennsylvania we want to look at um females in prison and why they're there and what put them there and what gave them such large um, sentences to see what we can do to help alleviate some of that issue um, 75% of women in Pennsylvania prisons are um, abused women. Um, they are from either domestic abuse or um, not really spousal abuse, but um, they're abused. And some of the things that they were forced to do that put them in prison really is just, it needs to get looked at so we can fix it. Um, the children that are in prison too for standing up for themselves against their abusers along with the women we need to look at those and we need to fix those because i'm sorry if you're fighting for your life against your abuser you shouldn't be in prison and we do have a lot of women and children in prison for that so uh, it, here's one there I, let me ask you two things about that specifically because i didn't i didn't realize that that was a big platform for you so i apologize that's amazing um, if I got that, I think I got that right. NicoleSchultz.com. So go check that out. No, please. no, C. It's S-H-U-L-T-Z. Oh, okay. I'll fix it right now. Um, before I fix that real quick, though. So you said there, the, a lot of the women are in prison for defending their life against. Yes, yes. So that's an obvious, to me, Second Amendment issue. Because... It is, right, but here's right. the problem: when they go for prosecution, they don't uh, they don't allow sometimes for the women to say, "Well, I was defending myself." Because what they do then is the prosecutor will come back and say, "Well, you never called the cops, you never asked for help, you never did this, you never did that." And most domestic um, violence survivors don't call the cops because they know they're going to get worse when the cops leave, if the cops don't do anything. Yep. Or, you know, they're they're afraid to just speak about anything to anyone. So they're not asking for help. So when it does go through the court systems, the prosecutors are like, well, you didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and if you didn't do this. And if you were really getting beat up by your husband, you would have done something. And that's not necessarily the truth. So the prosecution ends up winning because... There's no proof of abuse, even though they could have like 10 friends come in and say, yeah, I saw bruises on her or I saw this or I saw that or she had a broken arm. They won't win. But those cases need to be looked at because nine times out of 10, that woman is telling the truth. It's just nobody believed them. Right. That, that's. Wow. That is brutal. Um, it is. I, I, I think. One thing, obviously, one of the more important things, and, and thank you so much, because I think any 
any way we can move forward in this specific scenario and many other scenarios much like it is for people to be aware of that there is a problem like it, right? So I, I'm trying to say that very specifically like that because anytime you toss out spreading awareness, people tend to shut down to that uh, phraseology. But that is, that's a fact. The, a if, fact. You, if you don't know something, then how are you going to even have the ability or cognitive uh, awareness to be able to fight against it? But here's the thing, though. On if you look at the website, the Pennsylvania website, I mean, you can look up statistics on for the Department of Corrections and you can look at their website and they will give you statistics and they actually will list in there what percentage of women in prison are in prison because they fought against their abuser. So they know. And we probably know that number is probably higher than what they're saying because they're only counting the women that were actually able to use that as part of their defense and won and probably got a lighter sentence because that was part of their defense and they were believed. So imagine how many aren't believed, but they list it so they know it. Yeah. Uh, Chris says the laws need to address the specific psychological effects of abuse. Sometimes that violent act that saved them was the one time they mustered up the courage to do anything. And I don't know that that could have been typed out any more eloquently. And he's, he's correct. But also, too, sometimes it's not... Sometimes there's a breaking point. Sometimes yeah. women who are in abusive situations will be like, okay, it's okay for him to hit me. But as soon as he touches that yeah. child, that's the breaking point. Everybody yeah. has a different breaking point. Um, some women will just deal with it because they have no other choice. They have no other out. And all women, we know that the most dangerous time for us in a relationship is when we go to leave that relationship. So That's we're right. afraid to leave because we're not safe. Um, perfect example of this. And I will not say this person's name, but... It was somebody who left their abusive husband and they switched their address for everything. This husband then called the credit card company and said, I, I'm not getting my bills. I think my address was changed. Can you help me? And they did. And they told them what the address was changed to. Now, this person left in fear of their life didn't let anybody know where they went, but did the right thing by saying, okay, all of my bills need to come to my new address. And he got the new address yep. from a credit card company. Yep. Yep. That's um, go ahead. I mean, that's, it's just, that's wrong. That's bullshit. Yeah. 100%. So, so we're, women are afraid to leave. How, how it, how are you going to leave and be safe? You can't. Yep. And this is one of the arguments that I have with people that are in favor of quote unquote common sense gun control. They want a 72 hour wait and, I, and follow me y'all because I promise you I'm sticking to what we're talking about with Nicole. It's one of my biggest talking points when it comes to abolishing the 72 hour wait. 
You're doing far more damage specifically to women in abusive relationships when you make them wait 72 hours to defend their life because they will be dead in those 72 hours because you decided that your dumb, ignorant, moral superiority that doesn't exist was more important than that woman's life, which happens far more often than any mass shooting. I will do you one better than that. The AR. It has three points of contact. It is easier for a woman to handle an AR and defend themselves because it has less recoil. It has three points of contact. It is easier for her to handle and easier for her to control. And it's easier for her to fire. Yep. But we're going to take that away. Yeah, because, because they don't why? want people safe. Because they don't want people safe. They want people dependent on sta- people that want that they say they want gun control because they don't hate guns. False. No, they love guns. They just enjoy the 15 minutes of wait time that it takes for somebody else to arrive on scene with a firearm to save your ass. That's it. Well, and here at our farm, we obviously have rifles and guns. Because we have to protect our livestock. That's right. Um, we also have to protect ourselves. So my husband has always, you know, every now and then lay out all the handguns, go through them, load them, everything. I have a hard time with the handguns because I, I know what I'm doing. I haven't done it enough to, like, you know, be proficient at it. But I know what I'm right. doing. I know what I'm doing with a shotgun. I know what I'm doing with the rifle. The AR is just so much easier. So if somebody's coming to my house and attacking me, guess which one, guess which gun I'm going for? I'm going to go for the easiest one for me, and that's the AR. Yep. And that, that's an absolutely fantastic example. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, great, absolutely great insight on all fronts there. So give us a little bit more um, background or, you know, platform information on on what else you're looking to do in Pennsylvania specifically, please, if you don't mind. No. um, Also, along with farming, we're going to look at the um, fracking. Sorry, drew a blank there. Um, We're going to look at fracking. Um, We have 10 large companies in Pennsylvania that frack. There are three that um, typically get fines. There's one that has the most fines out of all of them. Um, While they have done something great with the fines. They've used it as grants for public parks and schools and stuff to upgrade their equipment. Um, so you can, they can, the, the communities can apply for these grants to build a ball field or whatever it is they need. Um, and they can do it sometimes throughout the year. The problem is these people that are fracking are doing it knowing that the fine is cheaper than the cleanup. That's a problem. Hmm. Also, too, I think that if you if your company has been fined too many times, put a number on it. I think 10 times is too much. I think being fined once is too much. But put a number on it. If you're fined this many times, you can't frack in Pennsylvania anymore. Pack up and go. But what also happens then is that these people who are in charge of the, that, that company will then move to another company and that company will come into Pennsylvania and then frack and we still have the same issues. Whoever is in charge, who's ever making those decisions shouldn't be allowed in Pennsylvania to work either. They shouldn't be able to hop from one company to another and still destroy Pennsylvania lands. 
So that's something that we need to look at. I understand that we need fracking. I understand that it's a big industry in Pennsylvania and we need those jobs, but we have to fix it so that we're not destroying Pennsylvania farmlands. Um, so those are our major ones on our platform. We have a few others. Um, um, prison reform is a big one. Um, but it. that's going to go hand in hand with, you know, the women and the domestic violence and stuff like that. But yep. we do need prison reform. Um, we do need um, to look at our tax situation. We have, we don't have a, Joe and I like to say, we don't have a revenue problem in Pennsylvania. We have a spending problem. We okay. have a problem of not putting money where it belongs. I, I mean, I know we talked about the last time I was on your show, we talked about the $1.2 million or whatever it was. Um, it was $102 million. That's what it was. $102 yes. million that the Pennsylvania got from the federal government to help people with their mortgage and their rent for um, during COVID. Well, then Pennsylvania right. added all these stipulations to it and made it extremely hard for anybody to get that money. Well, now we've got this overflow of money. So what did they do with it? They used it to fill a budget gap in the Department of Corrections. Well, we wouldn't have a budget gap in the Department of Corrections if we didn't have all those people who shouldn't be in prison in prison. Unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're, we have bridges that are being destroyed. We had a bridge in Philadelphia that collapsed. Um, granted that, that was, it was, it was, um, a few months ago. I don't even remember when it was, but th the bridge collapsed, but it came out that that was part of the city's yeah. problem and not the state. But if the city's following what the state's doing with the money, no wonder nobody, nobody's fixing the infrastructure in Pennsylvania. We have all this money coming from the turnpike. They want to put a dollar of a dollar fee crossing the 83 bridge in Harrisburg, a dollar fee both ways. It's like no truck company is going to pay that. I'm not going to pay that just to go to Harrisburg, you know, right. but so they, they want to create all of this revenue, but they want to waste the money. I mean, the taxpayers had to make up a deficit for the teachers union because right. the broker for the teachers union lost them a million dollars or two million dollars so they paid a million dollars to a brokerage agent to lose them two million dollars for the taxpayers to pick up the tab for three thousand or three million not three thousand three million Jeez. because right. the contract is written that if there is a deficit in the teacher's retirement fund it comes out of the taxpayer's pocket yep i Why mean are they, paying they, that? why are we paying it twice yep Yep, it's exactly, and you're probably paying it more than twice. And this is something that I tell people all the time. They say, "Oh well, uh, you," know, they like to highlight specific, specifically they like to highlight teachers because that's an easy emotional appeal argument, right? But make is, no but mistake, the there's an easy fix for this. You're spending taxpayers' dollars to build stadiums for these high schoolers to play in. If you want a stadium for your high schooler football team to play in fundraise that money fundraise yeah. it the band's got to fundraise the band has to fundraise everything yes, they, they want to go on a trip they got to fundraise they want to they need bus they got to fundraise they have to fundraise for everything they do why yeah. does the football team not have to 
because it makes more money for the school. That's why, which in turn makes more money for the state. Doesn't make it fair, Doesn't but that's fair. why. That's why specifically. But it, again, my the, the point of it is, is that in no sector or of government, local, um, medium or federal, local, state or federal, is it underfunded? Every single government entity in this country that isn't operated by a libertarian or anarchist is funded. It just misappropriates the allocation. It, you know, oh, it, it yeah. doesn't there's, allocate funds well. Th That's there's it. a lot of misappropriation of funds all across the board. You know, yep. it's but you have to you have to be willing to dig in and look at okay, this tax was created for this. This tax was created for this. Where is that money going? If it's not going what it was yep. created for, what are we doing? You know? And Christine um, yep. Kelso Romack, if you Very check fun. out her TikTok, she is doing TikToks constantly to fundraise for playground equipment that keeps breaking at her school. It's the same school district where they just spent a few million dollars for a scoreboard. But you can't get a slide for an elementary school. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to read that when I was I was waiting for you to to yeah. Um, let me go back to I'm gonna post it back onto the screen, but I'll read it for the uh, the listener. There's a lot of people that are gonna listen to the show, you know, well after on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. By the way, if you haven't already, please hit the like button, share button, subscribe to my channel, hit the notifications bell, so that every time I go live, you're phone or any device will explode with my terrible voice and nasty face, but all of my incredible guests like Nicole Schultz running for Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, so please do that. Christine Womack says, I have to fundraise for playground equipment that keeps breaking and the school district should replace it. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's constantly on Facebook, on TikTok, I don't know if she's on Twitter or not, but she's constantly saying, hey, I'm the PTO president of that school back there, and we need $35,000, I think it is, to replace yep. that equipment. But the school district just spent how much for a new scoreboard? That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Yep. You wouldn't, if she's got a fundraise for that for the elementary school in the same district, less than three miles away from the high school, there's hmm. a problem. There's there's a huge problem. Yep, I say I say make them fundraise for all of it. They should <laughs> you know, they for should. every single penny fundraise. Personally, no thanks. Taxes, I'm not sending my children. Taxes money. should pay for the teachers and what the students need for education. The extracurricular activities. Did you know that teachers don't get paid for extra for helping out with the extracurricular activities? I did. They don't get paid my stepmom has been a thirty plus year teacher. Yeah. So they do that free of charge. Free of charge. They yep. do it for the betterment of the school. So if they're willing, if the teachers are willing to do this, then why are why isn't the community willing to help to fundraise for stuff that the extracurricular activities need? A lot of it comes out of the teachers' pockets, which yeah. is crazy too. But come on, people, wake up. Where do you think all of this stuff is coming from? And then you want to complain. Yep. Instead of asking, how can we increase the tax revenue to get teachers paid more? 
why don't you ask where all of the money that you're already spending is going? going? Because it's not going to be allocated properly just because you throw more cash at it. No, you're just going to create more poverty. That's the thing. They want more and more money from us. And I'm sitting here going, how are you digging in my pocket even more? You can't handle the money I gave you. That's exactly right. When my child was growing up and she got an allowance, she got a certain amount. If she wasted that money, I'm not buying her something else later on because she wants it. I'm sorry you had money. What did you do with the money I gave you? So then it got to the point where, Mom, will you buy me this pack of gum? I'm like, you've got a 20, child. What What are you doing? And she, well, I don't want to break it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, did my, I did my job. She say, you know, she's like, no, I want to save my money. I'm like, okay, well, then I'll buy you a pack of gum because that I can get on board with, you know? Absolutely. Nicole, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Uh, I think we're both getting better at this in real time. So that's fantastic. But do me a favor, give us your, uh, give us your pitch for the last run up here before we close it out. Tell us everything you need, everything you want to do and where we can help. So you can help at NicoleSchultz.com. Um, that will take you to, I think Proud Libertarian has some items that you can purchase for us that helps um, with my campaign. Um, you can donate directly to our campaign through NicoleSchultz.com. I think there's also a link for the Keystone Party of Pennsylvania, which is the new party that we created. There's a link there where you can donate to the um, to the Keystone Party, and it'll actually um, you can click on um, for my campaign or for Joe's campaign or for whatever. Um, and I think we have in there too the um, we're still fundraising to help Christine, who was challenged during ballot access. So we still have to pay her attorney. So we have set up for um, funds there. So any time, anything that you can donate to any of the causes for the Keystone Party or for myself to help us get out there more, we, we're really appreciative of that. Um, if you can just share my Facebook page or my Twitter page, um, typically if something's posted to one, it's posted to both. So if you could share those pages to get us out there more, we would appreciate that. If you want to do a meet and greet in your town and you want to set it up, give us a, a shot, um, go to our page. I think it's on our, um, I think it's on our webpage is our email. You can go through there and email us and we'll be more than happy to come out and do a speaking engagement. Or if you have something else that you would like us to do, we're more than willing to come out and help. Um, we, we'd love to be out in the community helping. We think that showing that we're willing to be out there is a positive thing and it helps people see that we mean what we say. We're not just we're not just spouting things for you to listen to. We, we back it. So um, even if you want to do a trash pickup in your community, let us know. We'll come out and help if we can, if we're not booked somewhere else. So anything that you can do to help us get our name out there and get more votes come November, we would appreciate it. Absolutely amazing. Nicole, thank you so much. Y'all please go follow her, share this show, share her content. Go to NicoleSchultz.com and figure out how you can help make Pennsylvania better and more gold. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely fantastic conversation. Uh, I I loved every second of it. I can't believe we're already at the hour. I was surprised when I looked up and was like, oh, my God, look, it's it's time to, to let it ride out because I wanted to keep talking. But there's a lot of people that are going to come across this episode later and they're going to hear it. They're going to love it. An hour is great as 
Logic Rex says, oh, <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. I thought the same thing. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Nicole, so much for coming on the show. Please, please, please go figure out how we can help the great state of Pennsylvania because, look, if you're paying attention to the news and politics at all, we all know Pennsylvania is a battleground state, 100% battleground state. So go help out. My wife says, great guest and combo. Thanks, babe. I thought so, too. Absolutely fantastic. Again, go check it out. It's right there, NicoleSchultz.com. And please share this show. Like, subscribe, share, hit the notifications bell so that every time I have a phenomenal guest like Nicole, Spike Cohen, and everybody else that comes on the show, Larry Sharp, Matt Kibbe. I mean, it's an amazing line. I always tell myself, don't do that because you're going to forget so many great names like Carol Roth. And then I wound up doing it anyway because it just matters that much to me how fantastic my guests are, like Nicole Schultz. So please make sure you continue to tune in, continue to share the content, pass it around, and let everybody know where they can help spread this phenomenal message of liberty. And as for tonight, I love you very much, and I will see you same Cajun time same Caden channel. I will be reintroducing a segment coming this week. I will let you know about it ASAP. So make sure that you do all the things like subscribe, share, leave me a five-star review telling me how ugly and terrible I am, but how phenomenal my guests are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you can catch your podcast. And I am out. <laughs>